This is the Iowa State Athletics Sidecast. This Sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Visit any Van Wall location today to test drive the full lineup of John Deere compact utility tractors with the power and versatility to conquer anything this season. I'm John Walters. Today's Sidecast is our weekly roundtable discussion with the members of our Cyclone Radio Network team. Eric Heft and Ryan Harklaw join me as we look ahead to this week's game with Texas Tech, but also take a look back at a very special win over Texas. A lot to digest this week. We hope you enjoy our weekly roundtable discussion. Well, guys, just a, a really good win, obviously, last week. Before we get into Texas Tech, you know, Matt Campbell's always talking about complimentary football and and. You know, Eric, you've talked about how Texas was kind of the polar opposite of that, but we saw with Iowa State great complimentary football last weekend. It was great offense, defense, special teams. If the offense was struggling a little bit, the defense was there to pick them up. And I think that's how you win, really, football, basketball, whatever. One side's not doing as well. Then you've got to find a way to maximize the other side, whether offense, defense. And for Iowa State, I thought in the first half, they gave up one drive, really one drive the entire game. They were so good, they controlled. Heck, they forced 11 punts from Texas. It's crazy when you watch Texas score 70 against Texas Tech. Iowa State was able to do that, but I, I just think Cyclones are really on, on a good roll right now. They are, Eric, and I think that, you know, to start the game, they were moving the ball, but just couldn't get over the hurdle, you know, in that first half and only finished with three points, but you could see it, and that's when we talked to Coach Campbell at halftime. He was very encouraged what he was seeing offensively, but then the second half, that team just took over the will of Texas and just ran them out of the stadium, which was so good to see, and I don't know if there's a video obviously going viral right now of their defensive line coach on their bus, as I think a lot of people have seen after that game. And that's what it does to you when you have ball control like that and when you just get run out of a stadium. Unfortunately, I've been on that bus before, you know, and the feeling of, of just complete domination. I think that second half of football – that we saw against Texas is probably the best half of football we've seen all year from this team. I agree. You're right. Iowa State took their will. I mean, I don't know how much will they had coming in, but they left with they left with less. And there's none. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know Brees quote last year. You know, five star culture versus five star players and all that. It was doubly evident this year because I mean, last year's Texas team was a good team. They were talking about, hey, look, we get Sarkeesian in here. He is an offensive wizard. Well, heck, Texas averaged like 35, 40 points a game last year. It wasn't the offense. It was, it's the culture, and I, it's certainly not any better right now. Well, the Iowa State defense, Eric, you mentioned eleven punts. They forced two turnovers and had eight three-and-outs that they produced. I mean, you talk about a dominant performance by the defense, and so many guys played well. It was really fun to see. I thought the secondary had a great week, and they need to be really good again this week. I tell you what, it, it was a great performance, you know, and especially heartening considering – you know, the week before was probably their worst performance of the year. They struggled against West Virginia, and you never know how a team's going to bounce back. You don't know, okay, did somebody unlock the key to that uh, defense and how to attack it, or is Iowa State going to be back playing defense the way we know they can? And for them to take that step, I mean, they were so ready to play right from the start. And you're right, we talked to Matt about that the other day. I thought Daytron and Anthony Johnson – Really did a great job at the corner spot. I mean, they they were locked down, but they were great supporting the run and really sure tackling. And that was a big step up from what we'd seen the week before. I completely agree. The defensive backs played 
really good. I mean, probably their best game of the year as a, as a group. And then there's a couple plays that I noticed, and I, and I saw it in the game, but then I went back and looked on film. There's a play where Mike Rose goes running down the, down the seam with the slot. <laughs> yes, and, yes. And this kid, oh, <laughs> unbelievable speed. And we've got a 250-pound linebacker getting underneath him and running with him 25, 30 yards down the field. If he's not there, that's a completion. So right. that's the places where Mike Rose makes a difference, where Mike Rose does make a difference on the field. And I tell you what, that's, it's just great to have him back on the field. I talked to him after that play between series. And I was like, were you able to stay with him? He's smiling. He goes, I hope I don't have to do that all day. But I was able to stay with him right there. It reminded me a little bit of Brian Erlacher in his prime with the Bears because you're talking about a 250-pound guy who can drop deep into coverage in the middle of the field and took away what would have been a wide-open Xavier Worthy. That's a touchdown if Mike Rose isn't running with him. It is, absolutely. And, and people understand how special that is. Like, did he, did he make a difference not being on the field at West Virginia? Yes, it does make a difference not having Mike Rose on the field. For simple plays like that where he can get depth and it's not as simple as say, well, the next guy in. Guys that can do what he did right there don't grow on trees. You know, that is something that we are lucky and blessed to have a guy like him in the program right now. He's going to be one of the all-time greats that have ever played here. And because of that, I really think on Sundays he's going to have a long career in the NFL. Just because of a play like that, seeing what he can do, there's not a lot of guys in the country that can do what he did right there. What he does physically is incredible. But, Hark, you've played with guys that just make a difference when they're on the field just because a calming effect, a, a guy who, who has great leadership and, and can always get you lined up right. That's invaluable, too, aside from the great individual plays he makes. It is. It's very important having him on the field. We talked about him earlier in the season, too, because even when we were in the fourth quarter in Kansas, guess who was still on the field? Mike Rose, lining up all these freshmen and sophomores coming in and getting playing time, but he kind of held them together. And, and it was a great, it was good defense. We were still playing really good defense, even though we were running so many players in and out. So I was so impressed with him. I, I think that that's some things that you look past sometimes, and I think you're going to miss it someday when he's not there covering the slot receiver down the field, some kid that's running 4'4", and he's 250 pounds running with him. So that was uh, pretty impressive. Today's sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are proud to support Iowa's farmers in the field and Iowa State Athletics on the field. Guys, I want to talk a little bit about Tom Manning because in football, it's crazy how the quarterback and the offensive coordinator are always the two least popular guys. If something doesn't go right, <laughs> it's always the quarterback's fault and it's the offensive coordinator's fault. And everybody that's a fan, oh, I could have called a better play there. How did you not see the defensive end coming on that reverse? You know, whatever. Tom Manning is a great offensive coordinator. <laughs> Iowa State is very fortunate to have Tom Manning. And he does a tremendous job of doing exactly what Matt Campbell wants, which is not necessarily, hey, try to hit a bunch of home run plays and light up the scoreboard and do this and do that. It's play complimentary football. Run the ball. Mix it up so that defenses are kept off balance. I think he does a great job calling a game. Oh, I think so, too. You know, and, and Matt said after the game the other day, he thought maybe it was one of the best games that, that Tom had ever called. I mean, and he's really been complimentary of him all the way along. The backup quarterback is always everybody's hero. You know, like you said, John, the quarterback, when things don't go right, I mean, so much of it is, is blames put on him. But, you know, sometimes plays don't work. Uh, because you're playing against guys on the other side that are good football players too. And they may, they may have a really good scheme. And sometimes the play doesn't work, but it may be setting something up going forward. I think we've seen that I'm talking to Xavier. I, I, 
they showed something in the West Virginia game that they thought helped set up you know, that double pass for the touchdown. So sometimes the guys are playing checkers, other guys are playing chess, and I think uh, Tom's really become a chess master. I completely agree. That that play calling, really, for the last half of this season has been really good. It's not – we've scored points. we put points on the board. You know, sometimes we even talked about at West Virginia, like, wow, that was – maybe we scored too quick right there. You're never not going to take those big home runs. You want them, you'll take them anytime you can. But at the same time, when you look at this football team, when we're the best, we ball control – we move the ball, we put points on the board, but we're not trying to get to, it's not a race to 42 points. We, that's just not what we are when we're at our best. So I agree. He's, he's called a, a really good game this year. And then you talk about Hunter Decker as the backup quarterback. Look, Brock Purdy is unbelievable. He's not going <laughs> anywhere. But what I will tell you and all the Cyclone fans is he would have, he was the best quarterback if he was on Texas' sideline. He would have been better than both quarterbacks that played at Texas that are at Texas right now. I think he's better than Daggy at West Virginia. I think he's better than the Kansas quarterback. He probably is starting in half to probably over half the Big 12 schools right now if he's at those schools. We've got a good one coming, but we got a great one sitting in the stables right now with Brock Purdy, and let's enjoy him. You know, the other thing, too, I, I totally agree. I'm so high on the year that Brock – well, the career, but the year Brock is having, it, it is a phenomenal, phenomenal season. You know, and sometimes talk about the offensive coordinator, and I don't know how much of that offense, how how much of the checks at the line that Brock is given, you know, that Tom allows him to make play calls at the line of scrimmage. But the way Tom has been able to work with Brock and bring him along to this point, I mean, Brock is a tremendous talent, but he has to have somebody to mentor him, to work with him, so so that Brock understands exactly what Iowa State's trying to do offensively. And Tom and, and Brock certainly have that chemistry and, and that knowledge of what it takes to be a winner. Cyclone fans, I've been telling you about Authentic Brand's superb Cyclone gear. But did you know that Authentic Brand by TCB Companies is an official outfitter of well-known companies and organizations, including the iHeartRadio Group and Learfield? The style and comfort and great looks of Authentic Brand gear will give your professional image a boost. Outfit your personal and professional life in authentic brand gear. I think one of the big things that we're seeing happen here in recent weeks is Tariq Milton's emergence again. And, you know, touchdowns three straight weeks. And, Eric, you've talked about it before, how important it is for somebody besides Xavier Hutchinson to be a threat in the passing game other than the tight ends and Xavier Hutchinson. If you can get that one more wide receiver, it feels like Iowa State has it right now with Tariq Milton. We've been looking for that. I mean, we've seen, you know, was it going to be Sean Shaw? Was it going to be Tariq? And early in the year, it really wasn't. Jalen Knowles, a guy who certainly had moments, you know, but that consistent performer at that position, the ability to get open, the ability, maybe the experience against some of the teams they're playing against to make the right decisions. A guy who can also block out there. I mean, Iowa State's been looking for that guy to complement X and, Tariq's been really good lately, you know, and he's been through a lot in his career. You know, when they asked Brock about Tariq, and he just couldn't say enough good things about how happy he was for Tariq because of everything he's been through from an injury standpoint. It's been a longer and tougher road back than a lot of people, you know, thought it was going to be. But it's great to see him performing the way he is now. It is. If you look at the drive at the start of the second half, when Brees goes into the end zone, Coach Campbell runs straight over Tariq Milton. 
and has an awesome conversation with them because what people didn't see, Tariq Milton was 25 yards down the field. When Brees cuts back to the outside, Tariq is right there to block the safety. If he's not there, the safety's going to make a tackle about on the 15-yard line. And, and the interesting thing is the safety turned his back on Tariq. So Tariq hits him. It's a block in the back. Tariq stopped right there. So Tariq made a great play on that long run. And Coach Campbell has stuck with him. He wanted him to play better, obviously, and, and, and they worked through some issues. Obviously, he wasn't playing at the level he wanted to. But now, Coach, they have him playing at the level he wants to. And then for Coach Campbell to recognize that and then run out and congratulate a kid that didn't score the touchdown but, but showed his appreciation for the way he played that play to make something great happen for a teammate, that was really good to see. So see all the highlights of Brees' run, but if you look at 20, 25 yards down the field, Tariq Milton was out there leading that run and, and blocking on the safety. I remember in live thinking, don't block him, don't block him, you know, get in his way, because let Brees do his thing. But that's experience right there, too. And and using your experience to make the right decision on a play, that turns out to be a, a seminal play in the football game. Speaking of sticking with someone, that's not what happened at Texas Tech. As uh, Matt Wells was showing the door with uh, Texas Tech at that point, five and three on the season, one win away from bowl eligibility. I would think, and you, you guys both – played collegiate athletics. I didn't, but how difficult a process would it be for their players to not only have the coach they came to play for fired in the middle of a pretty decent year, but then also he's replaced by the offensive coordinator who's probably not going to be around. And then now they've hired a new coach. So it's like, who's my coach this week? Crazy. Absolutely crazy. I had a very unfortunate situation my senior year when Coach John was diagnosed with cancer and wasn't able to complete the season about six games in. And that was really tough. Now, this is a different kind of tough, I think. It's a mess, you know, and Kirby Hokett, the athletic director at Texas Tech, or someone (laughs) decided they didn't want Matt Wells to be their football coach. And that was decided before they were five and three. (laughs) You know, I think it was... It was, it was decided that he wasn't going to come back. To can him in the middle of the season, they had four games left. And what, what they told the players was basically, we don't think you can win any of those games. Or they said, we hope you don't win any of these games because you'll be bold eligible and we want to fire the coach. Either way, it's a horrible message. A team that has so many seniors, I mean, pretty much every team in college football does this year, but this team is, is super senior late and saying hey you know what thanks for coming here but we don't really give a damn about you gary patterson as well i i don't i hate it i i don't like it gary patterson just got kicked out of his own house you know that that place does they're not in the big 12 without gary patterson so if gary wants to step down let gary step down you know and say you know i'm going to turn the keys over to someone else i've got it to hear i think you know if he decides he wants to go to the next place let him take it to the next place i didn't i hated it and then this is ridiculous. They're five and two. You're right. They were five and two when they kind of made this decision. They lose by one point to Kansas State. He gets he gets fired. I hate it, but it is the unfortunately some of the business world and some of the fans. I think it's just they've come to the point in some of these places like we got to win right now. You know, winning is so hard. Like we talk about this all the time. Winning is so hard at this level. Everyone has the equal amount of scholarship athletes. You got a relatively level playing field when you're looking at what the opportunity is to win. And, and you know, as we come in out of each game, there's always that one to four plays that made a difference in a football game, whether you win or lose. You just don't know when those plays are going to come. And then these guys' careers, and then these kids' mentor is on 
the line on these three or four plays in the game that, 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 that determine if you're going to win or lose the game. There's something beyond, obviously, the winning and losing with Texas Tech here, but I still don't like it midseason. You know, they, they got to think of the kids. They got to think of these seniors, like you said, that came through this whole program with them. There's better ways to do it. And, and I don't know, I hate seeing this part of it in college football. And so much they talk about, well, it's because of the early signing period in December. You have to be able to get that first class, you know. That's really tough. I mean, look at TCU. They're still not going to have a coach, so it's not really going to save them that much time. And if you decide you want to make a change, you're going to have your list. Be like Jamie was when he hired Matt. He had his list. Uh, he knew who he wanted to hire. And after they made the decision to go in a different direction, he was there to offer Matt because Matt was going to be one of the hottest commodities. I guess nothing's changed in that regard. He still is, but they were able to get the job done. I mean, you can do it in a quick way, but by the time people hire search firms, pay him a ton of money. I mean, isn't that your job as the athletic director to have that list all ready to go in, in the event of any circumstance? Could be health. It could be, okay, the coach leaves, but you should always have that list ready if you don't. You're not very good at your job. On Football Saturdays, our John Deere run of the game is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Nothing runs like a deer, especially when supported by the team at Van Wall Equipment, the Cyclones' John Deere dealer of choice. Well, guys, one of the many things that Matt Campbell has turned around at Iowa State is the Texas Tech series, which Tech had really been dominating before his arrival. And I think Iowa State had been giving up like 41 points a game to the Red Raiders. That number, by the way, is down to 18 points a game under Matt Campbell and he's 5-0 and against Texas Tech. Now they have one at West Virginia which was something that Iowa State couldn't do this year. They beat Houston. They have some good wins. Nothing's a given but Matt seems to have his team really ready to go uh, and maybe it's a scheme fit. Maybe it's just matchups but it seems like Iowa State has played very very well against Texas Tech under Matt Campbell. I think Iowa State's been the better team every year, except that first year was a surprise. It was a surprise for a lot of reasons. Number one, you beat Patrick Mahomes, Texas Tech team, 66 to 10 in a season where you have only, what, one win going into that game, one or two wins going into that game late in the season. That, that was a shocker. But since then, I think Iowa State has had a better football team. So Matt has built the program rather quickly, to say the least. It is. You look at this game, it's a clash of styles. It's almost what people can see the old Big 12 to be a, a, just an offensive league and a lot of snaps, a lot of points. You know, a lot of times in the old Big 12, yes, there was a lot of points coming out of that conference, but there were a lot of plays being played too, you know, because it was all the hurry-up stuff. Texas Tech is still kind of sitting in that same type of offense. They're trying to put up a lot of points, but defensively, they're not where they need to be at this point, uh, obviously, as a team. Defensively, it's not it's not a great defensive team. So it's going to be everything about us. It's going to be how we execute. If we run our game plan, if we show up and and run what we're, we need to do, we should be in a good spot. But we have to show up. It's a tough place on the road. It's a good football team. One point loss to Kansas State. It was a very uh, close football game, a couple of them, where they just had small losses. But unfortunately, they couldn't pull out. But you said they beat Houston as well. So it's a good football team, but to clash against two styles of football, one high scoring, one's ball control. And I think that's where we've turned the corner on them. We've controlled the ball on them. They can't get that offense up and running and those quick hits because we have the ball most of the game. And our defense has been really good against them, too. I mean, they haven't really given up uh, the big plays that Texas Tech typically, you know, wants to hit. 
But, you know, when I watch Texas Tech, the thing that really gets me, which team is going to show up? Because, man, some games they look great. I mean, sometimes Columbia's really good. The running game is good. Other games, it's terrible. Defense shut out Houston in the second half. They beat Houston, who that's the only game Houston's lost this season. They've got some and they've got some really good wins for our future Big 12 <laughs> team in Houston. And they won 38-21 in Houston. So you see them play that game. Yeah, they went at West Virginia, something Iowa State couldn't do. And then you see them get absolutely housed by TCU and crushed by Texas. Some days the defense looks good. They have some good players on defense for sure. Some guys that have been, are really experienced uh, and good players, but they have not been consistent. But the thing that tells me is they're capable. And how how much are they going to be bought in to win this game Saturday, given everything that's going on in their program? I mean, they've got the players that are capable of making this a very difficult game. But they may be like Texas and lie down. The scary thing is I don't expect that because they're five and four. You look at their last three games, they got to play against Baylor, Oklahoma State, and us. Kind of what made me nervous about walking into West Virginia, where you got to be thinking their backs are against the wall. They have to win. You have to win a game to get into bowl eligibility. So I think we're going to get their best shot. These guys want to go to a bowl. If you're the uh, the interim head coach, you're talking bowl games with them. You're going to get their best shot on Saturday. I really believe that. That's also why I believe in the bowl system versus the playoff system. Because if this is just for the playoffs and there's 16 or even 32 teams, Texas Tech is way out of this thing. You're probably going to, you know, you go down there, you try to get them, get up 7 to 14 on them, they lay over. Well, because of bowl games, it keeps teams motivated throughout the entire season. Teams trying to get that sixth win or seventh win and, and try to upgrade their bowl. So I'm probably old school on this, but I, I, I really believe in the bowl. Uh, the way we do it with bowl games because it does keep so many more teams engaged throughout the season versus the 16 or 32 that are fighting for the playoff spot. All right, guys, I got to wrap this up and uh, we will see you down in beautiful Lubbock, Texas on Saturday. Can't wait. Looking forward to another road win. Today's sidecast was brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Stop by one of their locations and learn how to farm better, work smarter, and play harder when you run with Van Wall and John Deere. Thanks for listening.